Welcome to the AJ Brown Show, where we talk about all things investing, options trading, and the like. Now here's your host, AJ, whose primary mission in life is to help you become a better investor. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the AJ Brown Show. My name is Cyprian Francis, and with me, as always, the main man of the hour, AJ Brown. Good morning, AJ. I got my leisure wear on today. I was just like, am I, am I talking to the same AJ, or is this, you know, the new, <laughs> the new member of Run DMC? <laughs> I got, I got my velour tracksuit on with my birth year on my baseball hat. I am ready to go. It is in Washington D.C. We are having unreasonably warm days. It's like sixty-five degrees, which is perfect weather for me. So I'm ready to take take off from this show and go take the babe and go like run around the neighborhood. On yeah, the- I would. I wish I could feel the 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 jacket. It, it, it feel you know. It looks like it's you know very trendy, smooth. Well, and I I wanted to wear this as well because of what's been going on in the economic news, which it's it's been a very light kind of leisurely week, which in these times uh, keeps a lot of the investors guessing. And we've been seeing that in price action, you know, one day up, one day down, people are uncertain. I mean, if you take a look, I'm sharing my screen over here. If you take a look at our economic calendar for the week, not much was reported. Um, you know, the, the this is a, and I, I don't have any affiliation with Econo Day, but they have a real nice free economic calendar that's very uh, graphical and fun to work with. So I've been using this one for over 15 years. Um, you know, every week we get jobless claims on Thursdays in the petroleum status report. And so they mark that with a red dot. The red dot means that it could move the markets. It, petroleum just shows that, you know, we're using more than we're, we're storing. So prices are going to be going up because of that. Jobless claims show that jobless claims are at a low, telling us that the employment is uh, strong, which is going to lead to inflation. But the big, the only big news of the week as far as economic news goes, is this consumer price index report. So the consumer price index um, kind of sent people on a, a little bit of a, a run yesterday. The um, oh, There it is. So the news, you know, I, I usually kind of bash the talking heads on the headlo- headlines because they always focus on just one of the numbers and the reports are way more nuanced than that. Consumer price index for the year is 7.5%. And so you've been seeing all these crazy like reports like that's the high. And it is. It's the highest since like the 1980s. Like when I was a kid, I remember this was like in the news nonstop. Um and, and, you know, people were paying over 10% interest on their mortgages and stuff like that. Inflation was out of control. But I, th- this report also comes with the more volatile food and energy pulled out. And you never see those headlines unless you actually come here and look at the results of the report. But I got to say, uh, usually when you pull out the more volatile food and energy, the number gets more tame. 6% for the year over year is not tame at all. Uh, In fact, it was higher than what was expected, 5.9%. And so that caused a lot of folks to question whether the Fed was going to stay measured or whether the Fed's going to get more aggressive. I think a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, the Fed being fairly transparent, which is a lot different than it was, say, 10, 
15, even 20 years ago, the Fed was not transparent at all. They would just surprise these changes on you. Now they're kind of forewarning everybody about what the heck is going on. Um, and they forewarned us that in March, they'll probably do a quarter point interest rate hike. And they'd probably start to slow down their bond and treasury uh, and mortgage-backed security bond purchases, if not turn off the spigot altogether. So Wall Street had digested that and was like, cool. Well, this number on Thursday got people guessing and they were thinking, is the Fed going to be more aggressive than what they advertised? And then today we're seeing that you know, people probably don't think that's true. In fact, one other thing that people should, you know, I'm not sure our viewers pay attention to, um, but they should, is um, the bond purchases, right? Uh, this gives me an insight as to um, how investors view long-term inflation because there's the 10-year bonds and even the 30-year bonds, and if we thought there was any sort of long-term inflation that was going to be up in this, you know, 6 7% number, those numbers would start to go up. And they're still around something that's quite digestible, like 2%, which is the Fed target for growth for the U.S. So, you know, is this inflation thing transient? I think so. And so do the bond investors, although we don't know. I mean, we're only predicting, but a lot of people don't pay as much attention to these bond auctions. And remember, all the markets and all the economies are all interlinked. So even though we trade equity options, we should be tuned into the equity markets and the bond markets. And for that matter, foreign exchange currency trades too. just keep a pulse on everything. Yeah. And as a, as an everyday consumer, right, these numbers come out and you don't really think much about it. But when you start to buy things and and you're like, oh, wow, this wasn't, you know, like just yesterday I, I bought a Red Bull that's like $3. Every time it's $3, like I show up and I'm like $3, $3. And they're like, oh, $3.25. I'm like, oh, you know, we're starting to see it in everyday purchases. But that is that food and energy. But even other brands like I know mm -hmm. Netflix raised prices, you know, mm -hmm. like is inflation affecting tech companies and i think this the answer is starting to be yes like it's really starting to hit everything well and you got to ask yourself is this a snowball effect because if people are conditioned to believe that inflation is infecting everything is this an opportunity for companies to raise their prices and make more profits and we're seeing that because that's another thing folks are paying attention to is earnings Right. Some of these companies are making stellar profits and earnings because they have raised their prices. They have told the consumers, hey, we have to do it because of inflation. But really, when you look at their bottom line and you dig into their earnings reports, these companies are not really affected. A lot of them are the tech companies, like you just mentioned, Netflix. They're not really affected by supply chain worries. They're, the Internet didn't slow down because, you know, Long Beach is backed up in their shipping. And so you you kind of realize and you look at some of the, the pay raises that they're giving their employees, new employee bonuses, and especially CEO, which is, a, a you know, a, a kind of a, a sticking point for a lot of Main Street is that CEO pay is always going up, especially when regular employees not. So you almost wonder, 
is also this inflation kind of an excuse for companies to raise prices? Because we know unless it's a commodity like food or gas, that the prices probably won't go back down when things calm down, right? right. Instead, instead, investors who are investing in these companies are going to benefit. It's interesting. It's interesting how the world flows. Yeah, and it's starting to spill over into the markets, and we've been kind yeah. of looking at that correlation the past couple of weeks. So mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, you know, what's the overall market uh, saying, telling us? And, and we've been eyeing this S&P 500. Yeah. And so I like to follow retracements. In fact, on this past Monday evening in our full-time option traders kind of meeting that we do, we call it our uh, um, uh, MoneyLink webinar. In our MoneyLink webinar, we really delved into the topic of retracements to kind of understand um, trend direction, long-term trend direction, and really be able to pinpoint with data because a lot of chart folks like to um, look at charts and say, oh, this is where the chart changed and it's very subjective. Well, we came up with a kind of algorithm or a philosophy to follow to know exactly when the medium or long-term trend changed based on retracements and actually measuring them. And with that said, we actually targeted that our retracement started uh, about December 29th, meaning that was the end of the two-year, a uh, little less than two-year, more like 21-month uptrend, and that's when the downtrend actually started. And so we, we mapped it. We've got this, this linear regression line, which uh, the more common name of that is a best fit line. And then some parallel lines off of that, giving us our tested levels of descending resistance and descending support. And you can see that they're playing out perfectly. We're bouncing up against our descending resistance right now. We're finding a lot of friction there. And we totally expect it to go down. Now, if you're labeling this, and we've talked about uh, labeling in the past, range expansion is in the direction of the medium to long-term trend. So range expansion now that we're going down is anytime the underlying symbol is moving down. That's a range expansion move. And then a range contraction move is whenever we go against that medium to long-term trend. So we're just about done with this range contraction move. And it looks like we're going to be starting another range expansion move. And the question is, is we found some pretty heavy support at 4,300, this horizontal line. What's going to happen when we hit that? It'll be kind of changing for us, market changing for us, if we crash through 4,300 on the S&P 500. So I'm watching that carefully, as well as watching over the next few days, how well we start bouncing off this descending level of resistance. Because there is a possibility that that won't hold, that we wind up going into a horizontal channel between uh, 4,300 and 4,725. So a couple of critical things for us to watch is, am I right? In other words, are we just testing having a range contraction phase on our current downtrend? And if we are on a downtrend, Will we make it a big downtrend? This will be big. This will probably align with some sort of news that something is 
amiss. Either the Fed comes back and says, hey, we're going to go for a half point instead of a quarter point with interest rates, or maybe we get news about a bubble bursting, like maybe uh, crypto starts bursting, you know, uh, more than it has. It's kind of just trickled down a little bit, but maybe crypto falls apart or maybe something happens in the housing sector. Everybody, We've got all these bubbles that have formed. And if they pop instead of deflate slowly, um, that could cause a sell-off. And so I'm really interested to see what triggers this or if it gets triggered at all. Yeah, and I was going to say, or Russia invades Ukraine, right? You know, geopolitical can always do yeah. something crazy. Absolutely. You know, I, Belarus, and, uh, Belarus and Russia have been really doing some neat training exercises, but I don't know if neat is a good word because it, it, it could be, I mean, the U.S. Catastrophic, is, right. It yeah, the U.S. Bad. is pulling... Pulling, pulling people out. It, it's bad news-wise, but it could also be bad for some economies, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, so that that's wonderful. We've been eyeing this for a few weeks throughout the show, and we kind of identified that little wedge there. It did break through the wedge to the downside. Um, I loved your analysis. There's a lot of you know uncertainty right now, and I think the you know that seeing where it's going to go in. I don't know what the next two weeks or so uh, might yeah. kind of help 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 identify the next the next leg. In fact, let me throw this up. This is uh this is the trading trainer uh, members only site, but we have built into our members only site a um, I think it's down here on the home screen. I don't even know how to navigate my own site. That's all right. There we go. We have a index stats summary that helps our traders. Let's take a look at that really quick. Give it a hot second to load. Get rid of some of this scratch that's on my screen. Yeah, uh, what I wanted to look at is this VIX volatility index. And so this is uh, just yesterday. So just yesterday, the VIX volatility index which kind of explains to us the uncertainty in the broad market jumped up almost 20% or about $4 worth. And for the week, I mean, it's been going up and down, but for the week going up 3%, I mean, this is, and again, it tells us about the uncertainty, but as option traders, this is opportunity. Because remember, m money doesn't get destroyed or created in the markets. Money just changes hands. So if there is fear, it means that people are willing to pay a lot for options because options act as a sort of insurance. So where should we be on the equation? We should be selling options at this time, selling into the fear to take advantage of what we call this implied volatility rush, right? If we're sellers, we're going to be making all this extra gains that keep coming. And then, you know, buying back to close when the calm comes back into the market. That's a that's a play right there. Yeah, it's it's part of the beauty behind options in that uh, make money up or down or sideways or short term or long term. The, the 27 different ways to profit from options, which we've covered in the past. Uh, with that being said, uh, we we did we we are looking at a couple symbols from our previous episodes. And I believe. Uh, a question came up this week about one of our positions in Pulte, and Pulte is the uh, the the home 
builder uh, here in the U.S. And um, what do you got for us, AJ? Let's uh, I'm trying to get my mouse to work here. There we go. There we go. Uh, let's pulty. Actually, the question wasn't necessarily pulty. The question was, can I get out of my premium selling position before expiration? So we keep talking about how you sell premium and that premium has an expiration date in the next three to five weeks. And you wait. And at the end of that expiration date, you either get exercised or more likely you get to keep that premium. It expires worthless and you get to take and do the transaction again and again on whatever you set to cover that premium trade. But the question was, is, is there a reason why I couldn't exit out of the premium trade early? And I wanted to show Pulte because I did exactly that. So let's take a look. I've been following along. You guys might remember that we've been trading Pulte. We bought some shares of stock. We paid about $52.85 per share. We bought 500 shares, which was about a close to a $26,500 investment after commissions. And then a couple days after buying that stock, we sold our premium for 25 cents and we bought some protection for $3.30 a share. When um, I don't know why that says uh 18 cents. Oh, yeah, uh, dollar to 121.28. That's when it expired. That comes out at zero. Perfect. So, our first round of selling premium, we did wait until the expiration date of January 21st. And on January 21st, our premium expired. Uh, nobody wanted to exercise our position, so we got to keep our position in Pulte Home. So we got to realize that 25 cents. And about a week later came the best opportunity. Pulte started to actually go down in price, as you can see here. Just like the broad market, it has kind of a change in personality. And so we let our protective put just ride that move. And we wound up liquidating it at one of its uh, range expansion bottoms at $6.50. So that's kind of nice because we bought the protection at $3.30. When we rolled it out, we got $6.50 back. So not only did it offer us protection, but man, did it help the economics of our position big time. In addition to the $0.25 cents we made for the month of selling premium, so we looked for an opportunity to do it again, right? Because we like to just do this again and again and again. So we got this opportunity to sell our next premium. Our next premium we sold for 85 cents. We bought some protection for $2.70. That was on February 3rd and 4th, February 3rd in the afternoon and then February 4th during amateur hour because I couldn't get the trade to fill on February 3rd. So that happened up here. Where's February 3rd? That happened up here on this bar right here. So every time we have a move up, we like to go ahead and sell our premium and buy our protection. And sure enough, two days later, we're back down and we're starting to hint back up again. And so the question was, at that point, why am I waiting until the expiration date? At that point, the underlying 
premium we sold has already decayed. So you have to remember that options will decay with time. We know at their expiration date, they're worthless, but they'll also decay with the underlying symbol move. And so when that underlying symbol move tanked, so did the option price. And if it's close to zero, which is what it'll be, why not get rid of it now? And the answer is, is you can. In fact, many brokers, and talk to your broker, actually want to incent you to go ahead and liquidate these worthless positions. A lot of times, if the position is less than a dime or a nickel, check with your broker for specifics, they'll let you liquidate it commission-free. My broker did that. In fact, I was able to go ahead and liquidate that position. Like I said, I bought this thing for 85 cents, or I sold this thing for 85 cents. I bought it back for a dime, so I made 75 cents, and they didn't charge me any commissions. So if the value of your option decays ahead of time, instead of waiting till the expiration date, there's no reason why you need to hold on to this obligation that you created by selling an option if it's worthless. Go ahead and liquidate it, and you might even get an opportunity again to sell another option for the same month and make some more premium. We've been looking for that opportunity here. It hasn't quite materialized. Technical issues with my mouse, I think. I should have checked my batteries before uh, before coming on the show. But anyway, no, there we go. I got a little bit of life left in me. The scoop is, is we've been looking for this opportunity to go ahead and uh, do some premium. It's been moving a little bit too for us, but that's absolutely a valid thing to do. If the value of your premium trade is down below a dime or a nickel, especially if there's a threshold set by your broker where they'll let you liquidate it for free, do it. And then see if there's another opportunity to double your commissions in that same month, double your, your payback. Yeah, I think that's a really good lesson in terms of the uh, the premium selling strategy. Um, go ahead. I got I to gotta say one more thing, too. We got a question last week about... Uh, why wouldn't I just buy and sell options inside these channels? And I mean, buy and sell the stocks. Why would why do we sell the premium? Two two quick answers. I mean, you could spend a whole graduate level course going into the nuances of one versus the other, the comparison. But a couple things is is when we sell the premium and buy the protection, these become passive thresholds of given profit meaning I don't have to rely on stop loss orders that sometimes don't fill, right? Because the market moves too fast. I've now got passive strategies that create a trade zone between these two bracketed numbers that I'm guaranteed to not lose risk above and I'm guaranteed to lock in max profit if I go above the level uh, to the top. And so that's why we do it because if you don't want to be staring at the market being a day trader per se, and you'd rather just allow your investments to roll, and and if something uh, inadvertently happens, you don't lose your shorts, you set up these trade zones that work passively. In addition, if the underlying symbol is moving horizontal, it's easier to make a lot more money selling premium. The theta decay component makes more money than if you were buying and selling at the peaks.
So that's why we do this. That and I think uh, the capital requirements also help in terms of how much you need in the bank in order to take certain trades and certain tickers and things like that. That's for sure. You could use the leverage component of using the options. Yeah, so the question is, um, do we have a dead mouse or are we, are we good? We're good. No, t- uh, one last thing about this particular trade on Pulte. Um, not only, so, you know, we've, we're long the stock. And so you might think, oh my gosh, Pulte's pulling back on us just like the broad market is. I think there's a correlation between the bar- broad market and housing companies, actually. Um, but look right here. This is a number I'd like you guys to focus on if you're interested about Pulte. 47.69. So after just a couple months of these these uh, selling premium and rolling out our options, our cost basis is down to 47.69, which means you know Pulte right now is over 49 dollars. This trade is still in the black, even though it has pulled back significantly from where we actually bought it because we're selling premium instead of just trying to trade the stock. We have been gnawing away at our break-even price. So even with this pullback, which would have myrtleized, um, and that's a, a, an official term, myrtleized you know, stock traders who were going long, we're still well in the black here. And we've got our stock that ultimately is going to wind up being an asset to sell. So you, this is on the watch list. You're keeping an eye on this for uh, the next position. Um, yep. and you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on in the show in the, the next coming episodes. Yeah. We already made February's money and we didn't even have to wait until the, the third Friday of February, February 18th. We were able to, uh, liquidate the position early. That's beautiful. Um, with that, we've got some more questions from some of the audience members. Uh, definitely. Be- before we jump into that, um, let's go ahead and uh, invite everyone to your daily workshops. So we're going to go ahead and uh, and play AJ's, uh, you know, wonderful little, little video here. Um, and then I'm going to leave the link in the chat if anybody wants to jump in there and, and check that out. Um, today, later today, tomorrow, this weekend, you know, it's available for you. I get it, you're afraid of trading in the markets. Guess what, I've got your answer. I've got four strategies I'm gonna give you along with the tools to make it super easy. I'm going right home, giving you the webinar. I need you to sign up below and meet me in a few minutes. Almost ran that again. So, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good commercial. I gotta tell you guys, you gotta come see that workshop. In fact, this weekend I plan to update the examples in that workshop. But even if you just see it before I update update those examples, they're gonna show the examples that I did back in January, just two or three weeks ago. So uh, but the scoop is is you'll get a primer. There's no cost to this workshop, a primer on how to do this premium trading. It makes things so much easier wonderful uh with we've got uh dr 
in the house that's been asking uh, a few questions. And uh, before the show, you said that you like all these tickers, all three that he threw out at, threw out at you. And I feel like that's rare. All three. Yeah. Uh, this is Dr. Satya from New Zealand. And uh, Dr. Satya actually is part of my premium selling program. So he was uh, jumping into a, into our call last night. Uh, every Thursday night, we have a workshop. I guess it was Friday uh, morning for him. Friday afternoon, perhaps. Um, the scoop is, is from a premium perspective, some of these tickers are better than others. But from an overall options trading perspective, they all have their pros and cons. So I wanted to revisit his on this particular show so that the general public can kind of see it from an overall options perspective. So let's uh, take a look at the first ticker. The first ticker we've got. There, there's my mouse again. Perfect. Is ticker ASO. So this is a sporting company, right? Academy Sports and Outdoors Incorporated a sporting good company. And so from a premium perspective, it's not quite uh, one that, you know, would be the easiest to buy and sell premium on. But what I like about this pattern is that it's clearly on a trend. If I use one of my best fit trend lines, you can kind of see that we're clearly trending in this down direction. So maybe we're not going to be trading this necessarily as a premium selling position, but more of just a leverage directional move. Now, here's the one gotcha I have with this particular symbol. Switch over to the option chain for ASO. Um, actually, I, I do like it. There was a reason I thought, um, maybe it's one of the other symbols. Um, no, uh, coming back to it, I think that we could totally, um, you know, you want to give yourself some time. Maybe you don't want to be affected by volatility. So perhaps thinking about like a July type option, which there's plenty of, uh, put options out there. Um, so maybe we could be thinking about trading this directionally, a couple of stops in the money. Or even if you're brave, you could do some out-of-the-money trading and take advantage of the parabolic move of an option price. Um, I just think that there's a lot of different ways to trade this besides just selling premium using some of the option strategies that we know. And so I like this one for a more advanced reason. This is Academy Sports and Outdoors. So if I've got some viewers that are into other strategies, I think that this one would be an interesting symbol for you to look at. Not the easiest, but definitely an interesting one. Yeah. And as always, uh, if anyone else has ideas on uh, questions about tickers, symbols, feel free to leave them in the chat and we'll get to them as we can. Uh, the next ticker, I believe, is EPD. Yeah. This is a company that transports oil and gas around the world. And one of the things that jumped out on this particular symbol to me is the dividend. 
So imagine this. Imagine that we buy some of this stock and we start selling premium against it, which, you know, it's got a pretty healthy swing between the highs and the lows of its channel. So that swing means if we legged into some premium trades, um, we'd be able to make nice bank on just the differential of where we legged in, where we bought the stock and where we sold the premium. But in addition, you have this little bonus, which is almost 8% that they're paying in their dividends. I mean, that's unheard of. And that would be adding additional income into your position. So uh, I really like this. This ticker has a lot of liquidity. If we take a look over at the options chain, I don't think you're going to have any sort of problems finding symbols to trade. Uh, both, you know, symbols to buy protective options as well as symbols to sell premium against. You've got all this liquidity, very small bid-ask spread differences of like five cents, ten cents, uh, two cents, five cents. Um, yeah, I think uh, you're on to something, uh, Dr. Satya, with uh, Enterprise Product Partners. And here's the one caveat I would give you is beware if there's this big of a dividend when it comes to get getting you know the expiration date like for instance the expiration date right before the dividends are offered like this one and this one a lot of the people who have bought your call options that you've sold for income would be willing to exercise you at a lower uh, price than the strike price. In other words, if the underlying symbol, say for instance, you sold a $24.50 strike price, and now the underlying symbol is closing at $23.80, one of these folks expecting that big dividend might be willing to exercise you and get your stock because they know that a few days later they're going to get cashed in for the dividend. So make sure you um, we're dealing with American options, which means you can exercise, you know, the, the buyers can fulfill the, you know, ask to fulfill the obligation, ask you to fulfill the obligation of the option anytime between now and the expiration. Here's one of those situations where, again, maybe uh exercising the position early, like two or three days before the expiration date, not exercising it, but cashing it out so that as it gets closer, if there's any sort of question, you won't get exercised inadvertently. Great. And uh, we just got a comment from, from Timothy, great dividend payer, hard to option trade. And I think you just went over th some of the, some of the available, uh, strategies to approach it from from the options perspective um, and with that our our last symbol is boat b-o-a-t okay so this is the one i think that i had a liquidity issue with i like boat boat is an etf that fo focuses on the shipping industry so remember exchange traded funds are a basket of equities that uh, follow different sectors, different commodities. There's now an ETF following the crypto markets. Um, so this exchange traded fund is a basket of securities that 
gives us an eye on how shipping is doing. And so from a pattern perspective, the shipping looks quite fantastic, right? It looks like we're going up and all of this good stuff. But I got to say that when I look at the options chain, let's see if I can do it with my touchpad here. Well, we're we're like we're on our last leg of I know. the mouse. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I was thinking by not uh checking the batteries here. Technology. Tech it's oh, supposed to work every time. My goodness. Let's go ahead and security at a glance. Bup up up tap the clip pointing device. Yeah. Uh also there's definitely a user error going on here because I might not know how to turn on my touchpad. Turn on touchpad. How about that button? There we go. Check me out. Um, so I'm going to come over here now and look at the option chain. There it is. So take a look here. Open interest. Zero, 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 zero. This is a perfect case of the market being set up by the Options Industry Council and nobody actually caring to trade it. There's nobody in there. In, the, in fact, the market makers who are willing to help the liquidity on this want to get paid big time. These at-the-money options that are going to be expiring next week, the bid-ask spread is zero for people who are bidding for it and $2 for people who are asking for it. So if there's ever any transaction that goes down, you know, the, the market makers are looking to get at least half of that, a dollar in their own paycheck because there's so few transactions happening. A bid-ask spread is a great uh, indicator of how liquid something is. If it's only a couple pennies, that means the market makers are willing to make barely nothing because there's so many trades happening, they can get their end-of-the-week numbers Whereas if you see a bid-ask spread as large as what we're seeing here, it means they know there's only going to be one transaction every other day. And so they better get paid everything on that one transaction. Yeah, so, so that's a good yeah. case for it might not be an options play. Uh, but it could still be a stock play. Totally. Um, all right. Well, we got another question uh from the audience uh if we could revisit mattel mat see where we're at with that i think that's fair ass mattel is an interesting uh candidate so mattel is one that we had shorted and so right now and i was actually going to feature mattel next week so this could be a palette wetter for that mattel uh, we got exercised out of our position or we're about to be exercised out of our position if it stays where it is. But our protective call is shooting through the roof. And so a couple things can happen here. First of all, um, with respect to, uh, I'm not exercised, our um, protective call is shooting through the roof. Our, our put is worth nothing at this point. The put that we sold over here on, you know, the third or fourth uh, Friday of January, that puts worth nothing with our underlying symbol being so high. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be buying back our put if you haven't already. Now, 
what should we do then? We could, if we wanted to, we could sell back our, or buy to close our underlying symbol. I don't want to. You might have heard me say this before, and that is we don't like to adjust our positions in times of war. If we were to liquidate by buying to close our shorted position on Mattel at this point, I mean, that would just be taking the bumps on the head. And we're not anywhere near our cost basis or break-even price. So instead, I'm letting my protective call appreciate as high as it can. I'll liquidate that. And then as Mattel falls back down, that would be an opportunity either to sell more put premium or just get out of this position at whatever profit we can take. I'm going to be featuring Mattel and I'll be showing my uh, trade log on it next week. I wanted to see what happened, especially next week is options expiration week. So I wanted to be able to feature Mattel, but that's a fun symbol. The other thing, you know, we've talked about how Mattel has this uptrend and now it's breaking up out of that uptrend. If it continues to break out and we're at a point of personality change, it might be a great opportunity to start thinking about switching our polarity on Mattel. In other words, we've been trading it with a shorted stock position. What if we go long on the stock or buy some back month call options and start trading it in the up direction? So those are some thoughts on Mattel, but stay tuned for Mattel's write-up next week. We most certainly will. Uh, I believe one of the other comments uh, asked... Um, if you're wearing Los Angeles Rams colors uh, due to this weekend's great sporting event, also known as the Super Bowl. You know, I don't have a team that I like. I, I just like watching the halftime show. Um, but I got to say, I just got this off. Of, I think it was called Etsy with the, my, my birth year on it. So that's that's kind of the the theory behind this 73 hat and its colors. There was no significance. So don't. Don't don't place your bets on the Super Bowl based on my hat. That, that wouldn't be a smart idea. So do you do you watch the Super Bowl? Do you? Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I absolutely, and I, I, it's probably that's not true. I've been watching the playoff games every Sunday, uh, but uh, you know, football is one of those interesting sports where they it kind of bores me because they the plays only last for three seconds, and then they have to deliberate for so much time in between. I'd rather watch soccer like the World Cup and things like that. But I do watch the Super Bowl and I am looking forward to the hip hop uh, halftime show with Snoop and Dre. I want to see how Dre's doing after his uh, um, stroke. Yeah, um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be playing all the 90s hits. Right. So that, that's yeah. good to see. Um, but I, that's that's interesting to me that that's your take on football being such an analytical guy because a lot of it is these nuances in plays and matchups and, and things like that, which reminds me a lot of, you know, putting on an options trade where there's just a lot of thought goes into it. And it's funny because I use football coaching and football plays in my classes as an analogy of how we need to go back and redo our plays at the end of every game. And I use that analogy, but when it comes to entertainment, it's too slow for me. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, a big Madden guy, love calling plays, lo lo love all of that. And um, because I am in Los Angeles 
where the Super Bowl is taking place, this entire week has been very electric, right? There's just a lot yep. of people coming into town, a lot of events taking place. Um, I'm going to try and see if I can stop by the Super Bowl or at least, you know, catch a glimpse of, of everything that's going around there because it is in a unique new part of Los Angeles that's like away from everything. Okay. Um, but I'm very excited for it. Uh, the commercials, always, always fun. Um, and I think we have a pretty good matchup this year, right? No, yeah. no Tom Brady, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, he, he's, he's, he's finally uh, taken his retirement. But that seems to be, that's going to be the big weekend news is the, um, the Super Bowl. And then next week, uh, we'll be back to uh, inflation numbers. Yeah. Yeah, a, a momentary reprieve, right? Right. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. I will be definitely rooting for the Los Angeles Rams, even though I am a Bears fan. I would like the home team to pull it off. I think that would be great for the city. And definitely looking forward to all the commercials. I, I they, I've seen a lot of the previews, and I mean, they're almost like short films in a way, some of them. I'm looking forward to seeing your Instagram feed. You'll always put something cool on your Instagram feed from your weekend. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I will do my best to, to you know, what's funny is um, yesterday or the day before, I'm pretty sure I saw T.O., Terrell Owens, just like sitting in an just Uber. around. Like, yeah, I wanted to yell at him. I want to be like, hey, T.O., but, you know, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I'd be that guy. Yeah. I have uh, well, no cooth. We'll, We'll we'll get you back out here soon enough. Um, yeah. With that, so everybody, being... everybody, whatever platform you're watching us on, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, I don't know where else we're simulcasting this. You totally should su subscribe so that you can catch the dialogue that Sip and I have about the Super Bowl and its outcome next week. But more importantly, so you'll get this follow up on Mattel. Yeah. If and if anyone's into sports betting, which yeah, maybe some traders are. Uh, the Rams are favored by four, um, you know, which I think makes it a pretty good game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of statistics around. I'm sure you can uh, follow up just like we do a fundamentals analysis on underlying symbols. I'm sure you could do a fundamentals analysis on underlying football teams as well, right? Yeah. Although I would probably say sports is a little bit more risque than, than you know, trading. Yeah. Um, when it's optionable, give me a call. Yeah, and that'd be crazy if they created options for sports, but you never know. I'm sure that there's something like it where somebody says, hey, you know, if they, I guess it's what it would be with the whole handicap where you say, I'll, I get to win even though they lose by five points or something like that, you know? Yeah, I'm just waiting for California to uh, legalize it. Is is gambling legal in in? Where you're Not at? A, and... uh, so I'm on the Virginia side of Washington, D.C. I'm in a place called Alexandria, which is across the Potomac River. Not in Virginia uh, that I know of, but in Maryland right across. Yeah, we've got MGM is over there. We've got all sorts of casinos and awesome. Uh, Maryland Maryland has embraced it over the last five years. So that's kind of cool. We get to cross the border and have some fun. Yeah, it's one of those unique topics where some states are in, a lot of states are not in, a lot of states are going to be getting in. Good it's good dollars. for revenue. Yeah. It's good for tax dollars, just like uh, uh, Colorado and their cannabis. They're number one there with the tax dollars, right? Yeah, and California does, sure doesn't mind those tax dollars either. But no. I guess sports betting is a no-no. <laughs>
You, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure all of it'll. Uh, America's good for making everything legal. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll put a little wrap on the show. Uh, lovely Absolutely. another lovely episode. Um, and uh, feel free to hit those subscribe, follow buttons, uh, drop your questions, and um, I guess we'll catch everybody next week. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Adios. Thank you for tuning into the AJ Brown Show. If you're interested in learning more about AJ and his investing techniques, head on over to tradingtrainer.com and create your free account today. And if you're not already a subscriber to the show, hit that subscribe button and we'll get you fresh content daily.